0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.
1: Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts.
0: Oh boy, literally just off a plane back from the West Coast. I was in LA for the first part of the week, but I had to get home. I mean, it's a podcast, so I probably could have found a place in Los Angeles to record it, had I have if I had to stay, you know, I think there are some podcasts based out of Los Angeles. But the point is, I got off a plane. You know, I was out there in LA this week doing the uh, morning show that I do with Jim Norton because he was producing uh, or because he was promoting his Netflix comedy special. Which, if you like stand-up comedy, uh, after the podcast, go to Netflix and check out Jim Norton Mouthful of Shame. It's not PG, but who likes PG these days? You know what I mean? But we were out there in L.A. I was still keeping up on everything that was going on in the world of wrestling. Not because I have to, but because I want to. It's the whole reason this show exists. Welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Uh, it's It's a wrestling podcast that's done by a wrestling fan for wrestling fans that still, get this, actually like wrestling. And... As much as there's stuff to complain about this week, there's a lot of stuff to be psyched about. We'll talk about it all. I, I was keeping up with everything. I was watching everything. Plus, on the plane, JetBlue has in-flight Wi-Fi, so I got to watch Talking Smack and all the YouTube clips and everything. So we'll talk about I mean, the, the build to WrestleMania, and maybe this is because of the brand extension, uh... I feel like is better than it has been in years in terms of the amount of different stories that are being told, and being told well. We'll get into all of that in the state of wrestling. We'll also talk about what's going on with the Hardys, Ring of Honor. Uh, I did catch uh, TNA last week. I guess it was like the rebranding with our buddy Bruce Prichard and everything involved. So we'll talk about TNA. We'll, we'll do it all in the state of wrestling. Uh, but first, back on the East Coast in the home studio. So... If you uh, hear little baby Edgar crying or Lila squeaking, you know it's the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. First, we'll get into uh, my interview this week, and my interview this week is by a guy who goes by the name of Pete Gass. Now, those of you, that, and I'm assuming it's most of you, that were watching the WWE during the Attitude Era, you know exactly who this guy is. He's probably the most famous member... Of the Mean Street Posse. From the Mean Streets of Greenwich, Connecticut. A friend of Shane McMahon's. That was brought in with one of Shane's other friends. Legit friends that he grew up with. In Greenwich, Connecticut. To be part of a storyline. Leading towards. WrestleMania 15. And beyond. And ironically. I was just in LA. uh, Hanging out with X-Pac. And we were talking about. That match. We were talking about the WrestleMania 15 match. With Shane McMahon. I was talking to him about. You know, this AJ Styles thing, and how people are kind of hot under the collar that AJ has to wrestle Shane. And X-Pac was like, look, you know, at WrestleMania 15, I didn't want to wrestle Shane. When they told me that I was going to have to wrestle Shane, I wasn't happy about it. I didn't want to have that match. I wanted a real match. But he said, in hindsight, it's the best thing he could have done. It was a story that people were invested in. It ended up being one of the best matches on that pay-per-view. Not that I think... Shane and AJ is going to be one of the best matches at WrestleMania, but it'll be memorable and it'll have a good story. And the point is that we still remember Shane versus X-Pac. It was his first match, but we remember the, the DX football jersey that said X-Punk on it. It was also, it says a lot about that era, right? It's not, you, you can't, it's not apples and apples when you're comparing Shane versus X-Pac to Shane versus AJ, sure. But we'll talk more about the AJ thing later. Right now... Uh, I bring up Shane versus X-Pac because it's where Pete Gass first started. Um, and, you know, I remember getting such a kick out of the Mean Street Posse. But where I really got to know him was when I first... The first independent wrestling show that I ever did anything at. It was probably right around, I don't know, 2010-ish, maybe? It was in my old high school gym. And... I was the spe- one of the special guest judges in a boxer versus wrestler match that featured the legend, sweet and sour, Larry Sweeney. And if you guys don't know who Larry Sweeney is, do your YouTube research because you talk about a guy who was ahead of his time and gone way before his prime. I mean, it's really, really sad what happened to him, but he was an amazing, an amazing performer. So Pete Gass was there with me. Pete Gass was one of the other... Guest, uh, uh, boxer versus wrestler match judges, and both of us turned heel uh, uh, midway through the match. It was at that point in my life one of the funner things I'd done, and I was so psyched that Pete Gas was there with me. It was just kind of like a because it, it was so fun, and he turns out to be one of the nicest guys that you could ever meet. Somehow, from that point on, we've remained in contact. We text. We 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 just talk every now and then. And he's just a genuinely sweet guy who loves wrestling. Who lo- He's a giant WWE fan. Since then, you know, I've seen him at a bunch of shows. He always goes to WrestleMania. I've seen him at NXT shows. I sat uh, a couple rows behind him and Shane McMahon at the NXT show that was at Madison Square Garden in the theater uh, earlier this year or late last year. It was a few months ago. Um, so... The reason I bring him up is because he's just put a book out, which is available now on Amazon.com and I think this week at bookstores. And at first, you might look at this podcast, you might look at that book, and wonder how interested you are in Pete Gass. You know, he's nobody's favorite wrestler, let's say. But Pete Gass, number one, has one of the most unconventional but relatable to fans like us Stories of anybody in the professional wrestling business. This is a guy who... I mean, it's like Rookie of the Year. It's like taking a kid off the playground and he's playing for the Cubs. This is a guy who, like me and you, was just a WWE fan who, because of who he was friends with and because of where he was, he got thrown in to being a character on television. He ended up, afterwards working very, very hard to try to become a legitimate pro wrestler, but he just got plucked and put right into the world. And this was the world of maybe one of the most interesting times in the history of WWE. This was right in the middle of the Attitude Era. This is a guy who's working with The Rock, who's working with Stone Cold, and Mankind, and The Undertaker, and everybody and everybody and everybody. This is a guy who's working for Vince McMahon at the height of the Mr. McMahon character who, as it turns out, also grew up knowing Mr. McMahon as one of his best friend's dad. You know, I mean, it's so crazy the amount of stories that Pete Gas has, and he remembers them all. You know, I I didn't know how long the interview was going to be when he came in. I I told him months ago. I was like, dude, whenever you're ready, uh, you know. Just because I honestly, at first, I told him I'd have him on the podcast anytime, just because he's a buddy. But when I sat down with him, I was like, man, you belong. He's one of my favorite guests that we've had on the show, only because I was able to have a super extended interview with him. We went way longer than we usually do with a lot of the guys, and we've barely scratched the surface. Uh, Stories upon stories upon stories. If you've ever wondered how the Mean Street Posse became a thing, if you ever wondered what it was like to be in a locker room during the Attitude Era, especially when you're kind of an outsider, if you've ever wondered uh, how in the world a guy with a sweater vest ended up in the ring, all kinds of stuff, if you ever wondered what type of guy these people were, this is the book for you. Pete Gass is the guy you want to listen to, and he's my guest this week on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. So here he is from the mean streets of Greenwich, Connecticut. This, my friends, is Pete Gass.
1: And now the Sam Roberts Wrestling
0: Podcast interview. Well, welcome in studio for the first time, but really like one of my first buddies in wrestling. I right. mean, years in the making. Pete yep. Gas is finally here.
1: <laughs> What's going on, man? No, thanks for having me. It's great. I mean, what was that? New, New Rochelle, it right? It was in New Rochelle. It was uh, I think in two thousand, right around. It was that after 2008? Because I was divorced. I remember. That. <laughs> I remember yeah, right. That. And I, yeah, I remember.
0: And that was new because that was right. one of the reasons oh, you were so there. You know, yeah, that's yeah. right. Because you, knew why. you, you had told me you were like, well, <laughs> yeah, but it was probably right around there. So it's probably right around 2008-ish. Right. 2008, 2008 that's 2009. Very accurate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that was my first time I'd done anything at an indie uh-huh. show. It was before I went. After that, I started doing commentary over here and doing other stuff. Yeah. But I was uh, we were both guests judges in a boxer versus wrestler match
1: right that's right and
0: i remember i i turned heel halfway through yes did you we both turned heel right that's right you started it yeah and then i went in as if like oh there's some good guy judge here and then i hit hit him with the low blow the low blow yeah yeah (laughs) but uh and we've been communicating ever since but at that point in 2008 or whatever it was, 2009, you hadn't done anything wrestling related
1: for a long time, right? Right. No, exactly right. So when I got released in 2001, mm-hmm. there was really nowhere to go because <clears throat> I got released in, say, July of 2001, and then 9 uh, 11 hit, and there weren't a lot of indie shows. There was no place else to go. There was no. Vince yeah. owned everything, you know? So Jeff Jarrett back in. Uh, in September of 2001, ha- had to cancel a show. He had asked me to be on a show where they were going to do an, a, a tour in Australia for about two weeks, ten days. Yeah. And it was the start of TNA, actually. Oh, interesting. And then he uh come home for about a week, and then we were going to go to Europe for, like, another couple weeks. And, uh, and again, you know, 9-11 just destroyed yeah. any, any dreams of that happening. So it Zapped up all the business. So, like, but that's interesting because you
0: weren't before – you were in WWE. You were not a wrestler, were you? No. Right. Did you have any aspiration to be? I did. Okay. So were did. you? Did you train at all before you got to WWE? Oh, God, or were, no. Or you no. or Shane? How old are you when you? What year was it when the Mean Street Posse shows up? It was
1: '99. I was just about to turn 29 years old. Oh, okay, so, so it was one of those things you wanted to, but you would just never. So true. True story. Yeah. One day I get called and uh, I, I I used to see Shane all the time because I used to work out at the at Titan Tower, which is where. WWE. What is. were you
0: doing working out at Titan Tower?
1: It's one of the perks of knowing Shane McMahon. Because so, so that, <laughs> that like that's just Shane's buddy. Yeah, Pete Gas is always oh, yeah, around. Rodney too. Rodney, we, we used to work out there, so that's it was great. So he was funny. Yeah, we, we weren't making any money, so we right. were broke. So we were that he let us work out there. So, so. Shane just let his buddies <laughs> from Greenwich pop in and yeah and
0: work out in the Titan. So so when you're work, all right, all right. So let's go to there for a second. Okay. Because you're just a fan. You're a big fan, right? Huge fan. Okay. So you're working out in the Titan Tower gym. Mhm. Who are you working out alongside? All right. That's a great great Cuz that's, that's where that's where cuz I remember as a kid. <laughs> so like my first time in Titan Tower, I was probably 10 years old. Yeah. Because we were living in New York mm-hmm. and we were driving to Boston, you know, with the family. Sure. And I just saw, saw the
1: building. 95 North. And X I was like, I. Dad, what is that? Dad,
0: dad. And that was when it was the old blue and gold, you know, block yeah. letter logo. Yeah. And so, God bless my dad. He actually, and he never interrupts a road trip. He actually pulled off. Uh-huh. And we went into Titan Tower. That's awesome. And my dad was like, look, my kid's a big fan. You know, is there any tour? Do you do anything? And they're like, oh, not really. But, and they had some, like, printed... Hulk Hogan,
1: autographed 8x10s, and a couple magazines or something. Yeah. So they were really nice about it, yeah. there was none. They don't do that anymore, just so you know. At There's all. A, I, oh, as far oh, as I know, I, right. I don't. So don't stop by and no, try like, to get stuff. Yeah, like, so don't, you know, whoever's right. watching this at home. Or, or, it was also, also,
0: by the way, way before, like, buzz-in security, like, oh, yeah. all that. It's stuff. like Fort Knox now. Right, uh, now, yeah. I, I, I mean, I do stuff with them. I can't get in without... Yeah. Actually visiting somebody. I know the owners. I can't get in the door. <laughs> <laughs> but so, but then I would I became aware of it, and I would always see like the gym with the neon yeah, WWF logo. Right, and stuff. you
1: see it from the from the street. So yeah.
0: it's one of those things that you think about all mm-hmm. the time. So
1: so you're a fan, and you get to that's just where you work out. Right. Who are you working out with? So now we when we would go there, you know, throughout each year there would be a different class coming to work with uh, Terry Funk, hmm. and. Uh, T- Dr. Tom Pritchard, <clears throat> right and when they, they were doing those camps, right. All camps by, all, way before NXT, but the, the first... talent that went through those camps, yeah, off the charts. Yeah, I mean awesome. that's 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 where Edge comes from. That's where The Rock, The Rock, yeah. I, I remember well, it was Dwayne back then. I remember just like you know he was just uh, you know just a regular great. I mean, he's he's to me he was always down to earth anyway. The Rock, uh-huh. but uh, yeah he was he was there. Uh, Prince Albert, Test, Edge and Christian. Uh, Mark Henry in the gym, in the gym, just working out. You know, <laughs> That's like, awesome. but like, you know, that was after they went and did their, you know, hours in the in the in the ring and stuff. Yeah, so, you know, but, and it was just so. I'll, I'll get to afterwards. Mm-hmm. I end up uh, when I, we get started. I'm I'm kind of jumping ahead. Do you want me to do that? You can jump ahead. We can go back. Yeah, whatever. I uh, I I was the person that wrestled someone special in the uh, for their tryout for WWE. And this was after you had gotten we got started okay. and we were in the we were training with Dr. Tom Pritchard in those See, rings. That's amazing though that
0: like you went from like some like Shane's friend yeah. to like a 29-year-old that had never wrestled before that we can train to all right we'll put him in this tryout match with
1: well, yeah cuz we were there training for, you know we were there learning yeah because which I'd love to get into how everything started with Vince and and, you know like Shane asking us And then how things kind of snowball I definitely will ask him that <clears throat> But um Randy Orton's tryout Really? So we were there training And Randy walks through the door To have a tryout And what year is this? 99 Randy Orton had a tryout in 99? He did Before he got sent to Louisville Wow Yep
0: Yeah cause he got sent to But he got sent to Louisville I, I thought it was like a couple
1: You didn't get sent to Louisville That earlier did he? I don't know. If, I I know that he had a tryout within the ni- year nineteen ninety nine. Wow, and it was with me. Wow, definitely. I don't even.
0: I don't think people associate Randy Orton with a guy who's been around since ninety
1: nine. Right. You know well, what I mean. Down, like, he was in Louisville for for you know a few years. Yeah. So so you had
0: you had your you you gave Randy Orton his tryout match. Yeah. And how did it go?
1: From what I remember, I don't remember a lot. I've been hitting head a lot of times. So. <laughs> but I don't remember it being bad. And I remember. Uh, did i went to wrestlemania as a fan in the last time it was in houston i want to say okay and sat in the like you know where we sit now where the you know we're with everyone else i sat in the front row of with the with with the crowd Mm -hmm. and it was like the hockey boards sure and the and the talent came through and all made their way to their seats Mm -hmm. and randy came over to me and uh out of he went out of his way to say hello and he, what you know, mean the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Fame, I'm yes, sorry. Yes. what'd I say? WrestleMania, oh gee, sorry, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so uh, comes up to me and whispers in my ear, thanks, man. He goes, I'll never forget who my tryout was against. Wow, that's do you know cool. how how awesome that was for him to do that? Like, he didn't have to do that, no, he's you know, that's just you shows... not have to remember, right? Exactly, right. Right. Like, it's
0: not even like, a, oh, there's Pete gas, whatever. Like, he doesn't... Right. He, that doesn't even have to register with him.
1: Exactly. And that just shows what kind of guy he is. Yeah. You know?
0: That's so... So, when you're doing a tryout match for Randy Orton do you have gear or are you doing it in a sweater vest? Because <laughs> in my
1: mind, I'm like, is he wearing his in-ring gear for oh, his... Neatly pressed. No, <laughs> yeah. We were in, you know, we were to train. Pose? Yeah. You know, yeah. Knee, knee pads and the elbow pads and just to make sure we didn't get scuffed up.
0: Yeah, because you're sitting there giving Randy Orton his tryout match and Vince is like, well, that's not what Pete Gas looks like. i him in there with Pete Gass. <laughs> so, so you guys are Shane's friends, you and Rodney. Yeah. And you're working out and... I'm
1: assuming, and I mean, Shane isn't on screen for a while. He's behind the scenes. He's doing right. this. He's doing that. He was just starting to come into uh, his own. I don't know if you remember his character. Mm-hmm. He came out in that that leather jacket, mm-hmm. and he was cocky and arrogant. Right. And, you know, he had sunglasses on, and right. He, it was it was good character. I liked totally. it a lot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So <laughs> so so, at what point do they go? What if we what if we
1: what if we do something with Pete and Rodney? That I don't know. So just to go back to what we were starting to talk about. Sure. I had asked Shane when I was 23 years old to get into the business. Because you're a big guy. Well, yeah. I, um, like, it seems
0: like it's not like that far-fetched, especially as a young guy, for you to be like, I could do this. Because you're, you're
1: you're right. a big guy. Because I've been a fan since I can remember mm-hmm. watching. I remember staying up late. uh Watching on Channel 9, WORTV yeah. Trying to stay awake to watch Hulk Hogan wrestle <laughs> I remember one time he had the guy up He sat, he sat his opponent on the on the turnbuckle uh-huh. And he just started slapping him around <laughs> <laughs> So I remember I was like That guy's cool, you know And I was a Hulkamaniac from 79 uh-huh. so Before it became popular mm-hmm. So anyway um, I wanted to be in, in the business And I went to Shane one day in his office And I said, hey, I said, what do I have to do to get in? And uh He's like, oh, you don't want to do that. This is, you're 23 now. 23. So it's six years before you actually are on TV. Yeah, 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 five and a half, six, yeah. Sure. And he's like, you don't want to do that. He's like, you're going to empty your bank account, he says, because you can't have a job. Because what job's going to let you leave at 2 o'clock to go drive to to some city in, in Memphis? You know, if you're in Memphis and I have a job, to drive to Arkansas and go set up the ring. And then, work, you know... He said basically, in the beginning that you're not treated real well right you know, he was just doing everything he could to talk me out of the business. Part of the reason why I think he did is because he didn't you know if it, if I was really that bad, then what would he have done you know it it's a tough thing to do you know like even when we got released, you know that's got to be a tough decision yeah a you know, like tough situation so. yeah yeah but yeah so so then so then you put it on hold. I didn't. Yeah, that was it. You're like, all right, my my, my, my that day. I remember leaving, and I remember being kind of crushed. Right. Kind of like, oh man, yeah, you know, I wanted to really do this, and you know, but Shane's it, one of my best friends, and here he is. You know, he's like, no, you don't. He's like, you don't want to do that. Right. Know? Right. So, and so you're not going to sit
0: there and be like, well, let me start working for this random promoter over here. Let me join. Like, no. You know, Shane McMahon is right. your guy. So it's right. like if he's saying no, then yeah, maybe not. But
1: well, he he would know better than I would. Right.
0: Right Right But you still work out in the gym You still are around all the time Exactly So then Yeah so then at what point Are they like Actually we could do something over
1: here 19 So About a month and a half Before Mania Mm -hmm. Shane It was during a week It was like a Wednesday Shane said Hey he goes uh, He came into the gym We were working out And Rodney would be Remember Prodigy yeah, of course. Rodney would play the same, so he he found a disc. He played the, whatever disc he was into. it Could be it could have been uh, Alanis Morissette He would crank <laughs> that thing in the gym, and like the whole all the walls would be shaking, and it'd be like other people, like <laughs> and it kept people from accounting in there, and they're like, And you he's know, listening to smack my bitch uh, up." Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I still love it now because <laughs> of him. <laughs> so we would be in the gym, and the, uh, Shane walked in and said, "Hey, he goes Friday, uh, can you guys come by the office around five o'clock?" So we did. We sit down. And is that a weird thing? Like are you like, why would you want us to come by the office? Or did no. that happen from time we to time? We used to do that all the time. So we would usually just go go see him uh-huh. and just like, you know. Shoot the shit. You you said it. I didn't, yeah. not, I didn't know I was allowed to swear. Like that. so yeah, we would just, you know, <clears throat> and then you know, bust each other's balls or or whatever the case was, you know. Sure. So uh we went there at five o'clock and he, I remember him sit, sitting in his his uh behind his desk and He's like, hey, he goes, would you guys do me a favor on Sunday? Like, you know, of course we would. And uh, he said, here's the script. And he tore it up in front of us, threw it in the garbage. And he said, I want you to dress real preppy. And I want you to meet Chris Chambers down at the studio. Still there, by the way. Yep, still there. Yep. (laughs) And he said, uh, I want you to talk about how. You know, we grew up on the mean streets of Greenwich. Now we're laughing, you know, because like, yeah. there's no such thing as a mean street. Of as far You know, except for maybe a couple stock stockbrokers getting upset with each other. <laughs> uh, but he said, you know, talk about how we got in fights and running from the cops and stuff like that when we did when we were kids. Yeah. And uh, so we did. And I remember Rodney and I, that Sunday, it was <clears throat> we were supposed to be there at 10 o'clock. So 8 o'clock, Rodney comes to my house. We had a case of beer. You, if you if you ever go back and look, yeah, you could tell I'm kind of messed up. <laughs> we drank a twelve pack of beer each at eight in the morning.
0: Why? Just because you were so we're nervous? nervous. Yeah,
1: come on, you know, yeah. Like we had no idea what we were doing. Yeah, and so then now yeah, did he and did he, he say took the like, edge off too? Did he say like that we were thinking about introducing you as characters or is he just go do this? Shane, you should know this about Shane. Mm-hmm. Everything's kayfabe. Right. We were on a need to know basis. I love that. To this day, uh-huh. with him, I'm on a need to know basis. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You. I love it. Totally. I love. Yeah, that. I hate it. I can't. <laughs> I like to know what's going on. You right. Know? Right. But he's on. It's always a need to know basis, and he never. Uh, he never changes. That's great. <laughs> he kayfabe's the heck out of me. <laughs> so, so,
0: you're, so you're a 12 pack in, 12 pack in, and you go to and you go to film these. What would I'm assuming it sounds like go on to be vignettes, the mean street posse vignettes. Right. Yeah. Right. And
1: how did and like did you like them? Like did what was that like I hated the way I looked. Uh-huh. You know, I was a I was built like an offensive lineman still. I was still had my you know right. I was still heavy and I was like two eighty five at the time. And uh But and did you guys like say like we're both gonna wear sweater vests? Like we're gonna try to match this a <coughs> well, little Shane bit. Well Shane suggested because you know wear <clears throat> wear like a college shirt underneath and some sweater vests and so we, you know, we did the, that whole thing. We, we didn't own them; we had to go out and buy them. So, <laughs> and then <laughs> just just happened that way. So then, all right. So you film these things. Um,
0: everything goes pretty well, but you don't even know what mm-hmm. you're doing.
1: Exactly. And then what happens? So each week they kept showing now our vignettes. Do you know they're going to show them? Like, are they like? We- oh, he said. He said, come in Sunday. Yeah. Monday night we're gonna you're going to be on Monday Night Raw. We're airing one of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's why we were drinking a 12-pack of right, beer. Right, right. You know? Right. So they cut it up, and then each week they would show another, you know, a tease of the, of the whole thing and us talking about different things. And,
0: and it's great, too, because people are sitting there, and I remember as a kid, you're like, oh, who are they bringing in? Oh, who's going to be the mean yeah. street plastic? I right. know it's these guys, but obviously right. they're going to be with somebody or there's going right. to be some kind of faction. Right. Not realizing it really
1: is just we're going to train Shane's friends. And the legit... At that point, there was no changing. I mean, training. There was no training. Friends. We were just there to do mania. I got gotcha. you. <clears throat> that was all we were supposed to be there for. Okay. So, you know, I guess from what I from what I hear backstage stuff, like people are like, "Who are these guys?" You know, what's what's this all about? You mm-hmm. know, no one knows anything. And then because it's needed now, <clears throat> right? Yeah. And you remember the night that Shane was. I'm sorry that Raw was in Albany the week before. That WrestleMania, I'll tell you, you'll remember this. Uh-huh. When Stone Cold pulled in with the beer truck of and course. spray, okay, so historic, yeah. you know, monumental time. Yeah, that's the ma- so that night was in Albany. Shane challenges X Pac to a street fight six days before WrestleMania. Uh-huh. We pull up in Corvette convertibles, give him a couple of potatoes, hop in the car, and go, and, uh, and, and, and speed off. And are they like, okay, we're flying you into Albany? <coughs> we're just going to have no, you do- we fly. Flying to Albany. We had a truck. I- <laughs> Come to Albany. <laughs> yeah, go to Albany. <laughs> and, um, you know, just go there and we'll, uh, you know, we'll shoot this. And then we we drove home that night. That's so fun. And uh, then when they were bringing us to Philadelphia for WrestleMania that weekend. And are you like, what the hell is going on right now? We have no idea what's going on. They're just like, okay. And you're kind of losing your minds a little bit because you're like, are we about to be in WrestleMania? We, yeah, we didn't know. Right. We we just like, oh, you're going to be a part of the festivities. So, like, there was like a. Uh, the corporation, which is who I was a part of. We, there was a uh, a party but all WWE and fans, and the corporation was up top where no one could get to us. Mm-hmm. And just like. And we were there, partying, drinking, having beers. Gotcha. We had a blast. It was unbelievable. You know, it was just. It was so much fun just to be a part of it. But like,
0: and that's so funny. So, like, it's this fan event thing with. Like, fans were there, but. Yeah.
1: Fans could not get to the corporation. They got to the other guys. The, right, the corporations different. You know, Which we is were... literally like that's living the character. The gimmick, because, yeah. right? Because if you watch the
0: corporation on TV, they would rent out the top floor Absolutely. and they wouldn't
1: let people come. Touch exactly, them. VIP section. And then you actually get to <laughs> party. Right, that's great. <clears throat> so we we enjoyed that, and then uh, you know th- during that there were, I remember there were some kind of you know the Rock had a few lines like you know, like they put on a little show for the people as far as like talking smack, but. We were up in that elevated area. Sure. And uh, I forgot whose opponent was. I'm drawing a blank. I don't Which know. WrestleMania was it? Fifteen,
0: maybe? <laughs> yeah. So
1: it's probably Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Yeah. That's what I was thinking yeah. too. So there's a whole, you know, whole thing going on there. Um, and then we, they bring us to Mania, and they have us sitting in the front row. And I remember, I'm a Giants fan, uh-huh. like football Giants. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. And I remember a bunch of New York Giants. to like two rows behind me <laughs> um like off to the right and they're snapping my photo and like <laughs>
0: cuz that's how big Roy is by the way uh, at that time yeah like that, like just doing some vignettes and like you know doing a quick <laughs> running on Xbox thing yeah. and like you're a superstar right amazing
1: so now they <clears throat> all they say is you know they tell us you know we're going to do a spot where Xbox comes out we're going to hold them so, X-Pac's back is to us and with the barrier. We're holding his arms, and Shane's going to get on him a little bit. Mm-hmm. But eventually, X-Pac breaks out, mm-hmm. and he, he, I knew he was going to hit me with an elbow. Mm-hmm. So, instinctual, just from watching the business, I'm like, okay, he's going to hit me with a... They said, bow your chest out, and he's going to hit you with a, an elbow across the chest. So, I, I did, and he, he hit me, and I remember saying to myself, take a bump. Mm-hmm. You know, don't... Don't not sell it. Right. Put them over. Right. It just instincts. Right. Took a bump into the chair. I sold that elbow <laughs> for five minutes <laughs> for the live audience. If you ever go back and you. watch, yeah. After the elbow, they go. They flash back. I'm still going. <laughs> uh, making his face like oh, you know, like that hurt, and Lawler uh, King is like you know King's like Pete Gas is still hurt or whatever he <laughs> said. I forgot what he said, but yeah. yeah, I just sold the heck out of it. Right. So something happened that night, and you guys are right now like
0: through the roof on cloud nine. Cloud nine. Just that you get to be a part of this. Like this is the funnest thing you've ever
1: done. Right. Right. Oh, by far. Right. By far, we're doing a favor for Shane. It's amazing. Keyword favor. Right. So now. Right. Gotcha. Right. So now. <laughs> 10 days later Mm -hmm. after Mania, we're done. Our careers are over. And is that tough? Like, in the days after
0: WrestleMania, you're like,
1: yeah, hi, and then that was it. So that was a little taste of it. Right. Because eventually, down the road, I get released, and that's, like, really... Right. That's a tough time to be. I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, So the thing is, uh, we're going to be here for, like, 24 hours. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Tell your wife you're not coming home. (laughs) So we go go to... uh, <clears throat> Shane calls Rodney and I back in the office.
0: Uh-huh.
1: <clears throat> sorry. sorry, and he says, uh, "This is for you." He had envelopes for us, uh-huh. so we didn't know what it was. So we opened it up. Check from WWE. Yeah, you know, for getting paid. And we're like, "What's this? Is it a big check? <sighs> Solid the dollars Okay, okay. Well, you know, especially when you thought it was a favor. Like, well, that's a thing, right? We we're like what's this we didn't expect a thing mm-hmm. and we were doing it for, as a favor to shane and here he goes you know he's like here the, you guys get paid for this now rodney and i are broke <laughs> so right. it's like that's gonna absolutely help but you know it's just we didn't expect it right and at least we should paid for the
0: sweater vests right at least yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the beer we drank, we drank when yeah, we were down right. in philly yeah
1: but um yeah so we just you know then he said um how much vacation time do you guys have? Because back then, Monday Night Raw was shot live on Monday. Right. And then on Tuesday, there was no SmackDown. Okay. They taped Raw for the following Monday. And then the <coughs> next week, that was all. Right, right, right. Right. So we would basically have to take a few days off every couple of weeks. And uh, I was running an office in, uh, in Astoria. For, uh, you, may, you may know of it. Lightning, It's Lightning Rentals. Okay. it's uh it's a production production okay. equipment like okay. star trailer stuff like that and sure. I was running the office I was a one-man show and I had oz sopranos oh yeah I had all all the HBO shows and but hBO mm-hmm. didn't pay you were still broke yeah <laughs> <laughs> no I didn't get it I don't I got paid through my company they're the other ones that made all the money I don't make money no no you were just sitting there running it I was just the guy out in the cold watching yeah. the trailers <laughs> so but um yeah so anyway we had uh you know, we got asked to do this, and I think eventually it wore kind of thin on the company I was working for and when Rodney was, you know. That you'd have to take, like, a couple days off every two weeks? Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, for me, it was like, do I want to be behind the camera right. or in front of the camera? It's kind of hard to pass that yeah. up. Yeah. It's not like, the, you know, those opportunities don't grow on trees. Especially when it's not <laughs> like,
0: uh, no, I think I'm going to be a wrestler, and I'm going to do this indie gig, and I'm going to do yeah. this, and I'm going to try it, and they're going to. It's like, no, 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 you're on Raw. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I think I'm going to say right. keep doing Raw and figure it out right. the rest later. Right. Yeah. So uh, I did that for... And so now, okay, so when when they realized they obviously they just liked you at WrestleMania. Vince Russo. Vince Russo liked you.
1: Vince Russo told me in an interview last year that we he saw these vignettes and he saw us and he saw the smug attitudes that we put in with it. Uh-huh. And he's like, he says, we have something here. And he and Ed Ferrara ran with it and just...
0: And just did it. Yeah.
1: So then do you start getting trained as you go? So now, yeah. So yeah. <clears throat> once... <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> so once we had the time to... You know, now we knew we were going to be doing this stuff. When we weren't traveling for WWE, we were doing our regular jobs and then meeting Dr. Tom Pritchard to learn how to bump and everything else. And
0: is that what it They had the ring in the warehouse? at that point yeah yeah yep yeah that's where so uh uh do what what at that point were your interactions
1: with Vince because does he just see you as like Shane's goofy friends that he remembers your questions are great by the way yeah. <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> growing up we were different Yeah, you know we were we, we were like basically treated like one of his sons right but we're different when we get to WWE now we're employees
0: yeah it's a business now right yeah
1: there was no favoritism mm-hmm. whatsoever uh, we weren't allowed to have T-shirts, action figures. You know, now no, there, there was never Me, Me Street Posse toys. No. Yeah. They took the thing, you know, the, the, the camera the that scanner? goes, the scanner thing yeah. goes around your head? They took shots of that. Mm-hmm. And they put us in, we were in a video game. We were like hidden characters in SmackDown <laughs> 2 for PlayStation 1 or uh, whatever, you know, like. Um, but we didn't have any, a lot of perks. Right. You know, like when when it went public, when, uh publicly traded yeah. the the guys were allowed to buy stock Rodney and I were not Gotcha. I guess they consider it insider trading or they didn't want to whatever the reason we, we weren't allowed to have certain that's service. interesting
0: so it was almost like because you were so close you were given less because the perception could not be that you were given more exactly that makes sense I mean right. if that's the way he's going to run could. things and to be fair you were given more in the sense that you just got to come off the street and get to Wrestlemania. True. So, right. that's kind of the trade-off, I guess. Right.
1: And that brings me to the locker room. Mm-hmm. So, the locker room... I was going to ask, like, yeah. what are the boys think? I know, because you're good. Well, yeah, because yeah, well,
0: when, you, when you... It's one thing to just do a spot at Wrestlemania. Right. Even that's a little like, whoa, there, any camera time at Wrestlemania oh, yeah. is precious. Absolutely. But, like, the idea that you're... Especially that you're not working house shows, that you're
1: just doing TV. Yeah. Just, and you're on every week. Right. Like that seems like a, that, it's tough. It, t- yeah. Well, see, when we first got there, we were a novelty. Sure. And the, and the boys didn't treat us like, we well, they treated us like we're novelties. You know, they were very nice to us because of Shane. Mm-hmm. You know, and and a couple of them like Prince Albert, <clears throat> Test. With, Test. Uh, I should take that back. I I hated Test and Test hated me until the Lover Lever match in Summerslam. Uh huh. But uh. People don't even have to buy the book now, you know. <laughs> it's just everything sure. is here. <laughs> so,
0: well, I try to avoid, like, some of my follow-up questions, and those follow-up questions will be in the book.
1: Okay. Right, so that go. way there's still <laughs> more stories in the book. Um, but so, yeah, so they're, so, they're treating like novel things yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and then uh, all of a sudden, you yeah, know, they bring us back, and you could tell guys were kind of like, uh, what's he doing here? You know, like, when are they going to leave, you know? like Right. I thought and, we already did this. <clears throat> right. Yeah so then we started putting people over and uh we paid our dues in a different way than you know you know how a normal wrestler you know goes to a school yeah does the indies hopes to do well enough to get recognized you know by sending tapes or whatever photos getting a tryout and getting going to developmental territories or whatever and then hopefully getting called up from there you know it's a long process yes and it's a it's a difficult one yeah and
0: that's we, the process of the that Shane. That's the the specific reason why Shane told you don't
1: be right. a wrestler, right? Because of what the process exactly, is. exactly. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, we go from being on the street to in the bringing it Monday Night Raw. Right. That's a you know to our credit, that's not an easy thing to do. No. I mean, Sam, you you, you we did that show together in your show. Yeah. And that was were you nervous? Oh my God. Right. Yeah, and there was this. How many people were watching that show? Uh, probably a uh, what? Few hundred.
0: Few hundred, right? Yeah. And there's this thing in the back of my head the whole time, like, "What are you doing here? You don't deserve to be here." Like, what? Like, look at these. Are, you thing. know who these guys are. Right. You know, like, Pete Gass has been on TV. He's wrestled on TV. What are you doing here, Sam? Right. right.
1: And that's what Pete. No, Gass I didn't. Was. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I never said that. No, no. In my head, though. Oh, in I'm your saying head. that to myself. Oh, okay. I was right. Say, nobody I never said that.
0: Nobody said <clears throat> that to me
1: everybody treated me great yeah
0: but like in my own head that's my own self-doubt my own like that's just the weirdness that happens and the (laughs) nerves that insecurities and all that exactly right exactly and so so now but now
1: you're doing that in front of millions right big right you know you're walking down the ramp for the first time you're like don't trip don't trip don't trip don't trip this is raw in
0: 1999 like you can't stress enough right raw in 1999 was the biggest show right on T V. It was the biggest.
1: Yep. You know? So now here we are, we're there and we were only we were only there about a month and a half. hmm And we lose the loser, loser Leaf Town match against Briscoe and Patterson. Right. And that was supposed to be it. Right. Our vacation and that's, and that's
0: time. Kind of perfect. It's Vince's Stooges versus yep. Shane's, Shane's Stooges. Shane Stooges. And, and, right. Yeah.
1: And it's a way of us getting getting us out the door. Mm-hmm and it's one of the highest rated 15 minute segments <laughs> no, in cable history and are you so
0: you sit there like cuz obviously you're depressed again cuz it's the end of your run again right and
1: right. then when you find out what the rating was this is awesome yeah tell me so I, I, show, I told you vince never showed us any favoritism once we in the business the ratings come out for that monday night raw we're driving home the following day phone rings it's Shane <laughs> Hey guys, what's going on? You know, great job last night. Blah blah blah. Uh, someone wants to talk to you, boys. <laughs> hey Vince. <laughs> when did, he told me that he told us, Rodney and I, on speaker that he was proud of us. And he you never had, said that to us. And
0: you had that you just said a minute <clears throat> ago. You had a familial relationship with him outside of the business. So this yeah. is this
1: is this is a but paternal. When I, when I say he never like. Said stuff like "Oh, I'm proud of you guys." And nothing like that. Right. It was always you know like we'd hang out, have beers. So we we we've watched playoff football games. you look the, up like, to him, absolutely. Right. Yeah, so, absolutely. Now, so it's
0: just a, a different. <clears throat> it's not only do you look up to him because
1: now you work for him, but you've looked up to him for a long, long time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you know he's he was like another father to us. You know, but he never gave us that that type of statement. Right. So when he did, I remember being in the car driving. I was driving, Rodney was in the passenger seat. And we just looked at each other. Didn't say anything. you know, just but you know then we realized and we said, you know, thank you very much. He's like, do you guys realize with the talent that we have, the rock, and stone cold, no one's had a higher rating than you? <laughs> That's unbelievable. <laughs> you know, and it lasted for a year. I don't even know if it's ever been broken. Uh-huh. I don't know the the whole history of it. I remember seeing in San Antonio, I saw uh, Briscoe, mm-hmm. Gerald Briscoe. Years later, he was Mm -hmm. getting the year he got inducted to the Hall of Fame. I saw him the the night before, along the the walk or whatever they call that thing. In San Antonio. No, I'm sorry, it was not San Antonio. It was Orlando. It was uh, he got the that's the year he got the last time they were at at the Sun Bowl or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, that was yeah, that was right around the same time. Was WrestleMania twenty eight. Okay. So that was you probably got,
1: you know all that. that's great. Yeah, I can't all, remember anything. Well, I haven't gotten knocked in the head. You know what I mean? <laughs> that <ain't true>. so,
0: <laughs> yeah, that was no, because I remember that was WrestleMania 28 because I was there for that one. That was right. I think the first WrestleMania that I traveled to. Yeah. And uh, yeah, okay.
1: So in Orlando, so I, that, he he got inducted. I saw him. In, I think it was at Universal. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, City Walk or whatever. City Walk. Yes. That's it. Yes. Yep. So we were. I was there with a with a, a couple. You know. Myself, the girl I was dating, and another couple, and we saw him. He hugged me, and he whispered in my ear, "We still got the record." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guess
0: Briscoe and Patterson have got to be like over the moon for having that record too. Yeah, that's I mean, amazing. Why
1: Patterson hated the idea of fighting the Mean Street Puss. You didn't like it. He was afraid. I don't blame him. <laughs> we had no experience, <laughs> right? You know? And here, you know, he's not. It's not like he really wants to take bumps for us, you know. Did so, he make that clear to you? Yes. Like I don't, I, I, yeah, he's like, he's like, don't hurt me. That's
0: just... <laughs> <laughs> so, so so, Vince tells you he's proud of you guys and like you had this record and everything. Yeah. And in that phone call, does he say, oh, we're going to need you back next week? No.
1: We were done. Still done. Still done. Just a congratulations. Month goes by. Owen Hart passes. Mm-hmm. That was in June. I think June of 99. Uh, that sounds right. And then we, we get a phone call uh, that they want to bring us on the road and start training. And wow! They were, they were gonna bring us back, and that's kind of out of nowhere, like out of the blue. So now we're working, we're working with Donald, Dr. Tom. We had night sessions after work before, right before we got released. We would learn from Terry Taylor, uh, Michael Hayes. Wow! Like we were learning from the best. Yeah, you know, and uh, it was really it was cool, man. We were... So
0: when you say going on the road, does that mean house shows and everything?
1: No, well, or we weren't TV? ready for house shows yet. Okay. But actually. We did one at Madison Square Garden, (laughs) and it was, uh, yeah, this is right, this is before we got released. Yeah. So, or let go. And uh, it was, we were in Rock's corner for the corporation. Uh Uh-huh. It was him versus Stone Cold. We jump up on the apron. Rock was going to shoot Austin into us. We were going to hit him so he could, whatever. Austin reverses it. We hit Rock by mistake. Uh-huh. Typical Mean Street Posse screw up. Sure. Into the stunner, one, two, three. Rock rolls out. We come around. Rock, we're sorry. You know, we, you know, we didn't mean that. Uh-huh. He's like, you want to make it up to me? Now, this is a house show at the sure. Garden. The Garden's going crazy. Sure. He goes, get him. So we have to go after Austin. <laughs> I, I think you know where this is going. So I, go, I come after Austin with the Polish hammer. Uh-huh. <laughs> kick to the gut, stunner. Rodney, kick to the gut, stunner. Yeah. Couple beers, pour it on us. Yeah, I'll do it. And then what, dude,
0: <clears throat> you took a stunner
1: from Austin in the, in garden. the garden in '99. In it's not over. Rock rolls in after Austin leaves. We're selling in the ring, double people's elbow. Uh, place goes crazy. It doesn't get any better. <laughs> it doesn't. It, You're it, like, look, goosebumps. Yeah. You can't get any yeah. better. Net. You wow. know. So yeah, it was. Uh, now, that was cool. Have you gotten to a place
0: now where like you can look back on it? and like now that because you know you get that high from the whole run sure then you the low drops and I'll ask you about it but the it's got to be a huge low when you get released yeah it is now are you at the point where you can look back and go dude like literally I had no business doing any of it right but right. literally everything that I could have wanted to do
1: I did like or no no here, so here <clears throat> here's the thing there's Part of that I say yes, mm-hmm. and part of that I say there's something missing still. So the thing about the Mean Street Posse, and a lot of people, you know, you hear comments about how oh you know, they, they rode the coattails of Shane. It's not true. They gave us an opportunity. See, the problem is the characters rode the coattails of Shane. And
0: right. the character is so similar to you that that cutoff
1: sometimes mm-hmm. gets difficult for people to make. If we didn't get a reaction from the crowd, and that's the idea, when each wrestler that gets in that ring uh-huh. wants to be booed or cheered, right, that means you're put, you're selling tickets, right. And the truth is, if we didn't get a reaction, and didn't work hard, and didn't put people over, we would have gone. Vince, there was no reason for Vince to keep us, right. Right. And he wasn't... He had already done us a favor, right, from what... in you know... So, basically, like, all those people that made those comments, it's like, you don't understand. We were taken from the street, put in the ring... The mean street. The mean streets. Yeah. (laughs) Put in the ring with the best of the business Uh and survived. Yeah. And, you know, like... And, by by the way,
0: like, if anybody knows any... Even from a fan perspective, and if anybody knows anything about Vince McMahon, if you are not providing value... Mm -hmm. You're not sticking around.
1: Why? Yeah. Why keep it? Right. There's two,
0: especially at that time when everybody in the world wanted to be there. Yeah. So it's like if you're not providing value independent of everything. Yeah. You're gone. You're gone. Yeah.
1: So something kept us there and it was that work and that desire and we got killed. Mm Mm-hmm. So we paid our dues. Like we didn't do the whole circuit of, you know, learning the ropes and getting, you know, we paid our dues in that ring. Did people... Were stiff. Yeah. Bradshaw hit me with a a chair shot. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know if you remember this or not. You may not remember. Uh It's December of 99. Okay. He wrapped this chair around my head. And it was... You got to go back and look. I'm going to now. uh, It's on the network. Is it on a pay-per-view or on a Raw? It's on a raw okay. Monday Night Raw, not the smack. There's a SmackDown version where we we face them the following night. Oh, and
0: that's the last thing you want to do.
1: Right. So <laughs> I got there's a that's a, that story's in there too. I'm telling the whole book. Right okay. Now. So the the that story's in there. I get blasted in the head. They had Lugs Boot of the Week, and they would show a highlight of someone getting beat up. Mm. It was on for two weeks. They showed it two weeks in a row. Just because it was that that brutal. I mean, oh. this thing, Teddy Long was Teddy Long. Was in the corner, uh-huh. refing the match. He went like he went like this. Oh. He wins and, and he brought the leg up. and he covered <laughs> up. That's how almost vicious... like a Heisman. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Teddy Long. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, he uh, he winced and it was it was literally. I had my hands at my side because I was like, I'm taking this chair shot. I'm not putting my hand up. Yeah. I gotta prove. We're trying to prove ourselves. So there was no sort
0: of like. <clears throat> that was unnecessary. He didn't need to hit me that hard. It was, or was there a little of that?
1: It, well, in my head. Like, were you pissed about it, or were you, this is. It wasn't, it wasn't about that. Yeah. I Part of it was, you know, it was harder than it should have been, mm-hmm. right? So, I, But I, when we went backstage, you know, everyone shakes hands and say, thank you for protecting you, and we went backstage. Bradshaw told me months later, he's like. I thought you were going to hit me. I thought you were going to take a swing. I thought I was going to be in a fight, whatever, which, you know, you probably would have buried me, but he's ready for He's pretty tough. <laughs> so, uh, but he said, uh, you know, we went backstage and I put my hand out. I said, thank you. He told me months later, he's like, that's the day I earned his respect. Wow. So now the following day, we fly, we have a charter flight. We all go to Tallahassee. Yeah. Ron Simmons is from Florida State. <laughs> oh, no. So. We're on the tarmac. Which,
0: by the way, I would like to say, Yeah. if Vince or Shane were making sure that you had the easy route, they're not putting you in the ring with Farouk and Bradshaw.
1: Oh. Right? I, I got the story. I have, I'm i telling you, we're going to be here a long time. I got this story on why we face Farouk and All right, and let's first go to Tallahassee. Tallahassee comes. We're on the tarmac. Mick Foley walks up to me. Are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I wouldn't. I would never sell it right to the boys even i was fine i saw a huge flash of light and i heard ringing but i went down and i was fine he's like pete he's like i've taken a lot of chair shots and he said that one was bad so i was like no i'm fine eventually he walks away jericho comes over and he says hey he goes uh are you all right i was like yeah i'm fine and he goes you know you're going to be facing the Acolytes tonight. <laughs> and I said, "Of course." <laughs> he goes, he goes. Uh, <laughs> he, he says, uh, "Feed your back." He goes, "You don't want to take another shot like that to the head." And sure enough, they they uh, the agents when we went and did the match uh-huh. s- said he's not taking a, a chair shot to the head. You know, just h- keep hitting him at your finishing move if you want and stuff. And
0: which, by the way finishing move is that clothesline, which is not like it's like, oh, that's way easier. This was like
1: a power... Right. We did some kind of power bomb thing, too. Uh But yeah, I I took the clothesline. I took a big boot. I've taken... Uh. Uh. I've taken a lot of finishers, too. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, that was part of the neat street posse's charm, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Taking a lot of finishers. Um, Okay, so... And I'm assuming, too, that one of the reasons why you guys got involved in the hardcore title stuff was because uh,
1: it helped disguise... Some of the stuff you hadn't learned yet. You know, you know the business. That's That's exactly what happened. Yeah, we were still trying to learn. They sent us to Memphis. Do you want me to tell the story on how we got to face the acolytes? Though, yes, please do. All right, so this is good. Yeah, we're on a plane. Vince, I'll I'll never forget this. Vince and and Shane are sitting first class, Mm -hmm. and Rodney and I are in front row of coach. We're sleeping. We're exhausted. You travel in your in your sweater vest to keep I the gimmick you were gonna alive? Ask, I knew you're gonna ask no. <laughs> okay. I, didn't no the, I, just, I didn't live the gimmick. I need to, to know where, it, where where it starts and when it where it stops. I just need to know. Uh, that I, I don't. <laughs> so we're in the front row, we're sleeping. And for the people listening to this now, he is not wearing a sweater vest today. I am not. I'm sure that no. that's
0: where the question would go next. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: um, so we're in the we're in the uh, in for, in the first row coach. Rodney gets hit in the face with a magazine by Shane. Mm-hmm. So, Rodney wakes up. Looks at me like I did it, mm-hmm. right? I it makes that noise with all the paper. He look. We both look into first class, and here's Shane looking back, going. <laughs> laughing, <right? laughs> so, so Rodney grabs the magazine, and it he's ready to whip it back because it had that hard plastic cover back then. They had, sure. To, and he was going to whip. Oh, it. Oh yeah, the, the 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 airplane version of the magazine. Yeah. So that way they could reuse it. Exactly. Seat by seat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he goes to throw it, and Shane went. Points events. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do it. It's like a Rod stop, don't do it. He, he goes basically in a very clean way, I'll try to say. He's basically like, give Shane the finger, you know, fuck, F you. Yeah. And he throws a magazine down, goes back to sleep. Uh huh. Five minutes later, he gets hit in the face again. (laughs) So Rodney's ready to even get up. Right. Shane's laughing, and I'm laughing now too because it is funny. It's funny, and and we 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 always have fun with each other's pain. Mm -hmm. Whenever you know, someone's hurting. Yeah, Yeah. that's just the way we were. So Rodney's getting ready, and again, Shane's like, "You know, doing all this." So he doesn't he doesn't do it. So finally, Rodney tells the uh, stewardess. I don't know if he made believe that he was Shane. He says, uh, could you let the people on the plane know that uh, WWF superstar Shane McMahon is on the plane? And we're glad to give autographs to any and all people that are on the plane. <laughs> oh, no. So he says this now. Now, Vince is away. Vince is up, and he knows what's going on. You All you hear from the first class is, hur, 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 and, you know, his laugh. Yeah. And he says, uh, he didn't. Shane looks back, and he goes, I'm getting even with both you guys. And I'm sitting there going, What, what the F, <laughs> F did I do? You know? So, so, sure enough, that following week, Mean Street Posse versus the Acolytes. And oh, it yeah. went on for weeks, and we just got our heads blasted.
0: Oh, and it was all because. And it was because of that.
1: It and he started everything. it. Yeah. <laughs> so <Yep>. funny. <laughs> he finished it too. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, all
0: right, so let's fast forward then. Um, so, when you guys get released. Was it just one of those... Joey Abs eventually comes on board, and mm-hmm. was that because... Your buddy. Yeah, my buddy Joey Abbs. <laughs> that was my second Posse member that I met because yeah. he was a radio fan. Yes. He was not a, a, an actual Greenwich boy, though.
1: No. Um, no. Was that
0: just because they wanted a, they needed, a guy who could actually
1: work? And, yeah. They yeah. needed a, a worker to come in and uh, while we were still trying to catch up.
0: Right. So, they release you guys, and is it anything more than, you know, we're just kind of done?
1: Or is it a bigger deal than... So... <clears throat> when we were on television, we were also going to Memphis.
0: Because I also I do remember too. It just hit me that I, I feel like towards the end of the Mean Street Posse run, that's when you started wearing a sweater vest with no shirt under it. Right. And I feel like that was a more serious pete gas. Like I'm in a, real I'm really a
1: wrestler. Oh yeah, yeah. Like we were trying to make that whole transition. Tran- yeah, transition. Yeah. So we were. You know, like I said, when I first started, I was built like an offensive lineman. I was two hundred and eighty-five pounds, and I was built shaped like the you know Pillsbury Doughboy. And then you know, but as time went on, if you look at the, as as the shows go on, it goes to no no shirt underneath. Yeah. Kind of letting the gun show happen. Right. Right. And uh, you Getting know, some t- of the baby oil on. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Lubing up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. and then uh, yeah, so we ended up uh, trying to ch- come up with new characters too. At the same time, I started wearing a singlet doing uh house shows and we're just you know trying different things because eventually what we were told was we they were going to bring us in the, to the mean street posse and then split us off to do singles mm-hmm. and uh so we just you know we were we were learning it we were getting it <clears throat> you know we're learning every week getting help from guys like edge and road dog and x Pac giving us all the two tut- you know like they'd pull us aside after matches you know, edge would say you know like why'd you do that you know, like, you know this. You do do it this way next time. Like, really trying to help us, you know. And um, we were getting it. So now, <clears throat> when we were on television all the time, we didn't know what the heck we were doing. Now we're, like, learning. Then we get released. So now, I felt like by the time I got released, I had been broken off from the Mean Street Posse. We had been off television. That was... Uh, January of 2001, we were off TV. We were doing a lot of stuff in Memphis, traveling, and then I got uh, moved from Memphis, Tennessee to Puerto Rico. By yourself? By myself. That's interesting. So, uh... But you're working in Puerto Rico now. I'm working in Puerto Rico. I'm with Mosh from the Headbangers. Right. And D'Lo Brown. We come in together as, uh, they they put masks on us, and they called us the, the White Angels. Bring us in and then eventually a couple weeks later we rip off the masks they see who we are uh-huh. and it's like they go crazy right so um that great experience uh-huh. at the time I was like why I don't know. I never understood I did not know why I was specifically sent to Puerto Rico until a week ago yet week ago yesterday why were you sent to Puerto Rico I said to JR JR did JR's the one that made that decision yeah and I did his I did his podcast uh-huh. And he said uh, We saw something in you To make money Because I asked him I didn't ask him on the podcast I asked him afterwards Because uh-huh. I was like When I get off the air with this guy I gotta ask him why Because for years For Just 17 serious. years Or wow. 16 years It bought like Did they do this to empty my account My bank account Or did they, You know Because it was expensive Yeah <clears throat> You know Was there a reason why I was sent to Puerto Rico And uh Sure enough that was uh, it was it, he said that we saw we saw a, a, an opportunity to make money with you and we needed to get you to start working against different types so of did people. Did you find out why they released you? It was a numbers game. That was it. Vince had bought WCW, right? Of course, and he, of course. He had both rosters, and Shane told me years later. He said, "Had we kept you, you guys weren't on television. There was no thing. If we kept you and cut uh, cut other guys." Then the resentment would have still been there, and you would. It, it was. It was one of those things where, you know, we couldn't keep you, and then we weren't doing anything on television anyway. So right. So what are you they, gonna do? <clears throat> right. So we got released. I was told that uh, by Jr. Mm-hmm. That Doctor Death was gonna contact me, Steve Williams, in to go to Japan. Didn't work out. Uh, I never even heard from him. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I was doing some indie stuff back then, and then then the Jeff Jarrett part where. And then, it, nine and then oh, it just dried up. Thanks a lot, Bin Laden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then, uh, do you have
0: to cope with the fact that, like, okay, I need to figure out what life is beyond this?
1: Yeah, yeah. But it was hard because, for again, for years, I didn't. I had no closure on the whole Puerto Rico thing. But I also was like. You know, now I'm finally, I I get it. Right. I want to use these I want to show people that I wasn't just there to ride coattails like people accused us of. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It was one of those things where I I wanted to prove what I could do.
0: So you evolved past this bit part, and just before you could show your evolution,
1: just timing happened. I got a call from Chris Benoit when I got released, Uh and I'll never forget it. He said, uh, he told me, he goes, Don't quit. I was like, but I have no place to go. Where am I going to go? He says, I don't care. Find a place. Do indies. He said, Pete, I've watched what you can do now. Mm-hmm. He goes, and you're good. He says, go find work and stay in the business. You know, but I didn't want to dump, lose my whole bank account, and I didn't right. want, you know, for the three years I was there, I I was able to get out of debt and have money in the bank for the first time. For the first time, yeah. And it was like. I don't want to, you know. So I had to get back into work. And now you're in your thirties, and it's like, yeah, I'm, real was, life is happening. Right. I wish I was still in my thirties now. But... <laughs> so,
0: d- does any part of you wish that you had emptied the bank account so you could continue that thing, or do you
1: know that logically it wouldn't have worked? It would have been. It would have been hard because uh, it was just there was nothing going on. Like there was no yeah it would have, it would have, it's not like I could have went to Minnesota to do a, a show or anything like that. I couldn't do anything like that. Like it was more of, you know, cause people weren't paying for that flight. If I, if I got my own flight, yeah, maybe, mm-hmm. but the, the amount of money people were, they weren't paying money. So yeah.
0: Wouldn't have worked out. Anyway. Right. So you're still friends with Shane. Yes. Uh, I saw you most recently, I think at the NXT show at the theater at the garden. Yeah. You guys great. sitting up front yeah. when, when, uh, I mean, Shane gets bombarded at those things. Mm-hmm. But uh, when he gets bombarded, do you get the, uh, oh, my God, peak Gass?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I, I, I would imagine that you yeah. do. Okay. And, I yeah. mean,
0: not only because it's peak gas from Mean Street Posse, but because. It's with Shane. Exactly. Right. It's like right. it's legit. It, right. This is the real Mean Street Posse. Right. Well, yeah. I got
1: there. I was the week before I was in Orlando, and I got to see Matt Bloom, and he mm-hmm. runs NXT now. And he said, "Hey, why don't you?" He goes, "This Wednesday we're going to be in, uh, in the garden. Why don't you come by?" And he gave me four tickets. So I called Shane. My wife couldn't make it, mm-hmm. and I said, uh, "I said, I go bring the boys. Why don't, why don't we go?" And we'll. So Shane used your tickets. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I, I got love it. that. I got his back. <laughs> don't worry, I got it. Shane, <laughs> I got some tickets. Yeah, come on, let's go see. Uh... And so was the. And so Shane was like, "Yeah, all right, I'll roll with you." Shane was, he was like, I said, what are you doing tonight? And he's like, I'm going to train. So I was like, oh, I was like, All right. I was like, I got tickets for NXT. Why don't you get the boys? And, you know, I, I said, I never get to see you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what? Let me make a couple calls. So he brought uh, Rogan and Declan to the, uh, not Rogan, I'm sorry. He brought Declan and, uh, oh i am this is terrible. For, I'm drawing a blank. I this is know, what his, happens when you get hit in the head.
0: Yeah, I don't know his kids' names. That would probably <laughs> be a...
1: One step beyond my fandom. Yeah, Knowing Shane's son. So anyway, names. he <laughs> brings his two his two oldest sons uh-huh. to to. Uh, Rogan had to stay home because he was too little. Okay. Okay. And uh, so anyway, they they come to the show. We're sitting in the front row, and uh, before they get there, I'm there early. I was backstage. I got to meet a bunch of the guys. Mm-hmm. Great guys, great workers. Yeah, everything about them. It's just phenomenal. I mean, you know, I mean, they're awesome. And uh, I come out. And the girl was like, okay, you're going to be sitting over there with Shane and we're going to have people, you know, we're going to have security because we don't want Shane to get bothered, you know, whatever. I'm out there. People are yelling. They, people are noticing me then, mm-hmm. which is cool because it's always, it's, it's very flattering sure, for that. You sure. know, You're a big star. You know this. Well. Well, you, you are. I mean, so you, I'm mean, you, i not Dimitri Posse. Well, but. you're not MSP, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, but, you know, it's like, it was cool to be, you know, years later to still have people People yeah. still do. You know, people still send things to my house for and signatures. It, and, and it's
0: stuff. almost one of those things that, like, it resonates, and especially I feel like you give it a little time, right? And then you allow people to look back on it, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, I loved those guys." You know what I mean? Right, like, right, they, right. like give them enough time so that it's not in the forefront of their memory. Yep. And then all of a sudden, there's this new sort of life spread. I mean, quite frankly, based on it's not too late for Mead Street Posse toys to come out. It's not too late for toys.
1: I'm just putting it out there. I, and, well, I wish someone overheard it. <laughs> it would have so, been cool. It would have been good.
0: So uh, uh, tell me uh, real quick, because we're about to run out of space, I think. But okay. uh, tell me what you were about to tell me before we started, that uh, you were at WrestleMania, uh, this previous WrestleMania, Yeah. for the big Shane, Undertaker, Hell in a Cell. Right. And, I mean, you know, and we were talking about it, and I was saying that, Of course you have to be there because not only is he one of your best friends, this is the big comeback. You never... Did you think he was going to come back?
1: No. Right. No. It didn't... didn't... No. And every time, you know, I never even... Talking to him after he left, we never even discussed wrestling. That was it. It was only about family and, you know, just other things like that. It was never there was never any talk about wrestling. Right, yeah. I didn't want to bring it up because I didn't know if it was a sore spot. I didn't know anything, so I just... And he wouldn't have told you anyway. <laughs> he wouldn't famous. tell me. He yeah. can <laughs> the heck out of him. So, <clears throat> tell that story real quick.
0: I, uh... Yeah, so, I so so and I was going, like, and, and as a fan... Yep. You had this thing
1: in your mind that he might do the hell in a cell spot. He might... Well, here's what happened. So, I get a call from, uh, one of the guys from Barstool Sports. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, hey, uh, Shane I, I have reason to believe Shane is coming back Tonight on Raw So I mean like I get Wow Because that was a shocker For Right so yeah. I, And I don't know Who leaked it to him But that bothers me The whole I love I love Kayfabe Yeah um, And social media Is destroying it You know I can go on for hours About that How much I hate that but, uh-huh. um, So he says Can you confirm Or deny this I said I'll tell you what JJ I said I'm not gonna I'm gonna tell you Straight up I don't know but if I did know, I would tell you, I don't know. And he goes, okay, I get it. So now I get off the phone with him mm-hmm. and I'm curious. So I call Shane. And I'm like, <laughs> bro. <okay." laughs> so we're talking and I said, like, what are you doing? He says, oh, I'm driving to Declan school and uh, I'm dropping off a of guitar, you know, so we're talking and all of a sudden he's like, all right. He's like, I'm here. He's like, I'll talk to you later. I was like, all right, see. You. So I was like, he's not going. He's not going to be there. And what time is this? This is like three o'clock. Okay. Little did I know. So now we're we're watching. My wife and I are sitting on the couch. We're watching Raw like we do every Monday. Mm-hmm. And. Here comes the money hits. And you're like, no. My jaw literally <laughs> hit the ground. He again. And I am cursing <laughs> at that TV. You effing. And I was swearing at him. I'm like, you kayfabed me again? You know, I'm so hot about it. Texting him. I'm like, I can't believe you kayfabed me, blah, blah, blah. So as soon as Vince says, you're facing Undertaker mm-hmm. in a hell in a cell, right? I turned to my wife. I said, we're going because he's jumping off that thing. Right, Because Shane is... Uh, how much have we got time? Yep. Right. Shane's an adrenaline junkie. That's that's what he's labeled in my world. Uh-huh. So anything that is too high or too fast or anything... That, and people who read the book, are, there's all these stories from when we were kids. They'll get it. Shane has been built this way where he loves that adrenaline rush. He gets off on it. And uh, sure enough, I, I, it's like I have to be there. Just I had to see... I had to be there for him to support him, not only because he just came back, but because of that whole thing. And, uh, you know, he put us in, like, the we were at we great seats, so I think we were, like, in the fourth row center. And I remember watching him climb up. And I was, like, I was nervous. Yeah. I, and I was legit, legit nervous. <clears throat> and I'm watching, and I knew he was going to, obviously knew he was going to do it. And, uh, you know, he does a sign of the cross thing. I'm like, please, just live. Yeah. You know? And he... I mean, you that you were sitting right. I know where you were sitting because yeah. I saw you. The he didn't it seem like he was picking up speed as he was coming down. It and really he did. Flame was moving. Yeah,
0: especially because like and it and it's so crazy because it, it it's so tall. Yeah, that there is actually like you're aware of the time. Usually when somebody jumps. The, the time that
1: they're in midair, you're not, it's quick. You're not aware of it. Yeah, you could have read a book. Right. Exactly. It was like he was never coming down, but he was going fast. Yeah. And then he just, you know, that. I remember just almost standing on my chair to try to get a look because there were people in front of me. And I was just like, man, you know. I remember, so after WrestleMania, we go to the after party. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking for him. I'm waiting for him. I'm talking to old friends. I got to see Jericho, who I love. We're leaving because it's three o'clock Dallas time, which is four o'clock my time. Normally, I'm up for an hour already, uh-huh. and I gotta I gotta go to bed. Yeah, so we go to leave. We go through the uh, the lobby, and there's Ric Flair, Stone Cold, Shane, <laughs> Shane's wife, and his kids. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And so anyway, we're we're all sitting there, and uh, they're all standing there. I walk by, say, we say hi to them, and Shane shane's like that he looks like the tin man but when before the oil right he's like hey what's up you tell he's he's hurting yeah i said how you feeling and he turns to me and he smiles he says oh wonderful (laughs) (laughs) i said i would hug you but i know that i feel like i'd hurt you more so i don't want to do that um but it was amazing yeah that's amazing well well look i i there's
0: so many stories yeah and uh people should know the book you have not told all the stories that are in the book I know. There's a lot. There's
1: a lot in there. If you can't tell by now, I like to talk. Yeah. And there's a lot of stories. (laughs) There's a lot of stories in there.
0: So tell people the book is available now on Amazon.com and uh, soon in in Barnes & Nobles and bookstores and
1: everything. On the 21st. Tell people all about it. Like what's it called? The whole deal. How can they find it? The book is called Looking at the Lights. Right. Because after <laughs> after every match, I know, I looking at the <laughs> after every match, I was looking up at the lights because I was getting pinned. Um, but that's the, the meaning behind it. And that was given to me by Tony Gurria because mm-hmm. Tony Gurria, I used to... Tease him all the time Say we're going over Going over tonight And he goes Tonight you're looking At the lights (laughs) So That became a running joke With him and I But he uh, It's cool
0: When I was uh, When I was in 8th grade I wrestled Like Mm -hmm. amateur wrestling Or whatever I lost every single match And I can't remember How I Who said it to me But at some point I just said like Uh I started getting familiar with the ceilings of every
1: public <laughs> right. high school in the in the county. Oh, they won track in '84. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, uh, I got to see you know a lot of banners, a lot of Celtics banners, yeah. stuff like that, yeah. you know, all that good stuff. Architecture. But yeah, uh, so it's called looking at the lights. Yeah, it's uh, 256 pages of a fun, fun read.
0: And it's like of all. The eras for you to have a run in, yeah, for it to be full of great stories, like right. that's the era. I think I and a lot of you guys want to read about it. It's this right. sort of it's the Attitude Era. It's like probably the least one of the least conventional stories of a guy who had a run.
1: Right. It's unique because no one else has had this Absolutely. story. Absolutely, no, no one else has had except Rodney Except Ronnie, <laughs> but Rodney doesn't have a book, right? Exactly. So, but that's why it's unique because it's and it's something that if you love the Attitude Era, you'll mm-hmm. love the book. The book is tons of stories of your favorite wrestlers, stories about me uh, with the Rock, with a fan, and stuff. All, all, all different stories like that. And if you're not a fan, like you weren't born in that attitude era, if you're a wrestling fan, right? <clears throat> who hasn't? And because I know I was, I did before I got into wrestling. Who's never sat there and said, "Hey, uh, I wonder what it'd be like to be in the ring with the Rock. I wonder what it'd be like to work in front of the crowd." Right. It's what would the there. stunner feel like? What would the stunner feel like? Yeah. Yeah. In so the that guard. was amazing. Yeah. In, amazing. Yeah, exactly. In I, got, I, I just got goosebumps again. I love it. There. So,
0: well, man, I'm glad we did this finally and, Thank uh, you. we should do it again. I'm sure that we've barely would, scratched the surface. We
1: have barely scratched it. Cause Within, I in, it wrong. We'll definitely do can it. Can I plug my Twitter? Please do. All right. You guys can follow me at I gas. Uh, a lot of stuff is going to be coming up soon. So, uh, I'm sure you'll be interested. And, uh, Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Of
0: course, and who knows? Maybe I'll see you in Orlando.
1: You will see me in Orlando. (laughs) I love it. Thanks, man. All right, thanks. Here is Sam Roberts. Thanks
0: again to my pal Pete Gass for being one of the more interesting people. I mean, I don't want to say one of the more interesting people, but definitely up there with the interesting people that we've had here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Unfortunately, we can't all be friends with Shane McMahon. Some of us have to figure out ways to get tickets, and whether you want uh, the best tickets to a show, like WrestleMania, for example, or whether you want the best deal on tickets to a show. The place where you want to go is SeatGeek. Let me tell you something. Buying tickets online for sports and concerts, is it's a confusing process, and it has been for a long time. It's always been fine to hard the best deal for that game or show that you want to go to, and none of the older ticket sites want to change that it benefits them to confuse you but seatgeek is different they've come they've come along and they've created this amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets what seatgeek basically does is they figure out what the marketplace is right and then instead of just being like okay put your tickets up for sale here's how much they cost they tell you there's there's a whole rating scale And they tell you, you go on the site and you're like, I want front row. They go, okay, here's the front row and here's what front row is going for. You go, I just want to be there, but I want to get the best value. They'd go, okay, well, you know, right there in the middle section, usually they go for this much, but right now they're going for that much. That's where you should go. It's so easy and you'd never have a regret. You don't leave SeatGeek going, oh, man. I could have found them cheaper over here because SeatGeek is going to find it for you and they're going to do it simply. Listen, Elimination Chamber, all right? I know a lot of you would have loved to see it in person. I was there because I was hosting the pre-show, sure. But guess what? If I wasn't hosting the pre-show, I would have wanted to see it in person. And you know how I would have gone about that? SeatGeek, of course! Everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for you. They do price comparisons. They do the whole deal. You want to get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is giving a grade based on value. Get the ticket with the best grade. It's perfect. Best of all, you want value? Listeners to my show, Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast listeners, are going to get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. This is incredible. You've got to do it. To get your $20 rebate on tickets to whatever you want to see, listen to me clearly. Download the SeatGeek app. Go to the Settings tab. You know what I'm saying? Click Add a Promo Code. What promo code are you going to add? SAM. S-A-M. SeatGeek is going to send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code SAM. Today, you'll have tickets to a show, and then twenty bucks is gonna show up. Don't say I never did nothing for you. The SeatGeek app promo code Sam, and you'll want to kiss me on the mouth when everything works as well as I know it will. Um, so yes, I I, I thought that that uh, Pete Gas was incredibly interesting, and and we did we barely scratched the surface. I could have talked to that guy for hours about all these stories, and they're all in his book. So if you're a wrestling fan, it's just relatable. It's a fun book. He's a fun guy, and I would recommend it. Um, We should get into—there's so much stuff to talk about. You know, I I, I think once we jump into the state of wrestling, it's going to be less about the specifics of what happened on Raw and SmackDown and more about— the build towards Wrestlemania because that's what those shows were about and to me both those shows were very very effective I also want to talk about uh, what's going on in the broken universe um, and all of that I I should tell you too don't forget to check out uh, prowrestlingtees.com because there's a brand new Sam Roberts shirt if you want a Sam Roberts shirt by Wrestlemania order now because it, it could take 10 days or something like that. I don't know. I don't send them myself. Pro Wrestling Tees sends them. But order now. There's a brand new Sam Roberts Action Figure T-shirt. I never got my own action figure, but now there's a picture of me that looks like an action figure on a t-shirt. You can get the 8-bit t-shirt. You can get the Not Sam Mode t-shirt. You can get the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast t-shirt. You're going to want a Sam Roberts shirt if you're going to Orlando. If you're not going to Orlando and you're just sitting at home watching WrestleMania, you're going to want a Sam Roberts shirt to wear at home. Go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Sam Roberts and get her done right now. People are going to be like, oh, man. You're so cool. You know what's going on. And you're going to be like, hell yeah, I know what's going on. Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. And people wonder too. When it comes to stuff like that, you know, I'm not the only one trying to sell stuff. People have businesses, right? People have businesses. And it's so much easier now than it ever has been to have your own business because everything... Is, is future. Everything is at your fingertips. Everything is on demand. You can scale your business to work around your time. Like I said, this podcast, you know, I jumped off a plane at nine o'clock at night. I went home. Guess what? That's when it's time to record a podcast because I record it on demand. You listen to it on demand. Everything these days is on demand. So why are you still going to the post office? Why are you dealing with the post office's limited hours? Why are you dealing with any of it? You don't need to. You can do it all yourself when you get postage on demand with Stamps.com. You talk about a problem solver. Anything you can do at the post office, you can now do right from your desk with Stamps.com. You buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package using your own computer and printer, and unlike the post office... Stamps.com never closes, so you can get postage whenever you need it 24-7. It's perfect, all right? All the fun stuff I get to do, I got to send out thank you notes. I got to make sure people realize that I'm appreciative, but I don't have time. Like I said, I'm all over the place. I'm not going to the post office so I can lick a stamp, right? No, I'm going to stamps.com, I'm printing out my postage there, and I'm done, I do it all in-house. This podcast, I record in-house. Stamps, I make them in-house. Packages, I figure out how much they weigh with the scale that they send you. Get the postage ready, stick it on, and I haven't left the house. Do you understand the type of hermit I am? You can be like me. Don't leave the house. Do it on your time. You know when I get my packages ready? 3 o'clock in the morning. Nobody can tell me it's too late, it's too early, nothing's open. Everything's open. It's the internet, for goodness sakes. Oh, my gosh. You're going to love stamps.com just like I do right now. Use my code, SAM, S-A-M, for this special offer. Wait till you hear it. It's a four-week trial, and it includes postage and a digital scale. Okay, so they're going to take care of you. It is so easy. If you find yourself at the post office with any kind of regularity, this is exactly what you need. It's a four-week trial. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com. Before you do anything else, as soon as you get to the website, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in SAM, S-A-M. That's Stamps.com. Enter code SAM. And that's how you're going to get postage. That's how you're going to get the digital scale. Don't wait. Stamps.com. Enter code SAM. Stamps.com, never go to the post office again, unless you listen to this podcast on your way to the post office, in which case just drive to the post office to let them know you don't need them anymore because you got Stamps.com. All right, enough of that chicanery. Let's get into it this week with State of Wrestling. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Welcome to the State of Wrestling. Whoa. Whoa. So where to begin? I guess we should go chronologically. We'll get to the build-up to WrestleMania, but we should probably start with TNA, right? Because that happened the longest time ago. Uh, I watched Impact uh, last week because it was kind of like a a rebirth, a rebranding, maybe? It was the end of TNA. It was the beginning of Impact as a strict, which is something that they should have done years ago. The idea that it was still like it was called Impact Wrestling, but it was kind of TNA. It was so confusing. And the name TNA just, I mean, in 2017, it sounds so corny. Uh, so th- that's the right move. To just call it Impact Wrestling is what it should be. But this is something that I said I, months ago at this point on the podcast. It's got to mean something. Impact Wrestling has to make an impact. It has to mean something. There has to be something different about it. Like it has to be like WWE is this, it's entertainment because it doesn't make this type of an impact. Whether it's uh, saying stuff that culturally resonates, you know, like like whether, whether it's whether it's promos that that or storylines that people are forced to talk about, whether it's more hard-hitting action, like literally fists and faces making impacts with each other whether it's making an impact on the wrestling community because there's a lot of surprises and and directions that you didn't see happening. But there's not that thing that explains what impact wrestling is. It's the way everything is in this world. Remember when when we were talking about Dolph Ziggler before this incarnation of Dolph, when he was the good guy on SmackDown and a little bit lost, the question was, who is he? What is he? I don't understand what's going on. How can a show-off be a nice guy? There has to be It has to be clear Like dumb it down We watch wrestling as an escape We watch wrestling to get away From everything else that's going on The last thing we want to to do is sit there and think You know the last thing we need Is some cornball Who doesn't watch the show Come in and be like well what makes this impact wrestling And then we have to look like Fools because we can't answer the question It's got to be easy Well, what makes Seth Rollins the architect? Well, he built the shield. Oh, that's why they call him that. You know, why is is the Miz awesome? Because he's full of himself. He's a Hollywood guy. Oh, why is the Undertaker the dead man? Because he's not alive. He's not breathing anymore. He's dead. Oh, I see. Why is what makes Shawn Michaels a sexy boy? Well, first and foremost, he's not your boy toy. Okay, that makes sense to me. What it, why do they call it Impact? I don't know. It's just a word. They're, they, they, they need to do better about branding Impact, right? Like, when ECW was around, there was no question why it was called Extreme Championship Wrestling. What's extreme about it? Well, everything. Even WCW. When Nitro first popped on the scene, it was different. It was like, whoa. Oh, I get it. Nitro. It's like... Fuel injected. And that's how it felt. Whether you liked it or not, I was more of a Raw fan. Even Raw. The name Raw. They came on, and it was Macho Man, Vince McMahon, and Rob Bartlett. Uncut, uncooked, uncensored. It was Raw. It's Raw. And I understood what it meant. There's nothing about impact that makes more of an impact than... Any other wrestling promotion. Ring of Honor is more Impact Wrestling than Impact because it looks like it hurts more on Ring of Honor than it does on Impact Wrestling. So I think that that needs to be established. And then there are little things like it wasn't a rebranding at all. Like there was, it was like some, they, they lost key talent and they brought in Alberto Del Rio and Zeb Coulter and Bruce Pritchard. And I mean, everybody knows I love Bruce. He's a friend of mine. But. I was watching it going like so I don't understand is is Bruce Pritchard in charge of impact wrestling? Is Zeb Coulter in charge of impact wrestling? I mean Dutch Mantel you know it was like these guys were just coming out and being like, hey I'm here and I'm like, yeah, but what are you doing here you know I, I felt like like I needed to come in and run the company for them somebody that's what said that that should be a character they should hire a consultant. And this consultant character should have to line up uh, Dutch Mantel and Bruce Pritchard and and, and and Josh Matthews and Jeremy Borash and everybody and say, what is it exactly that you do here? And Dutch Mantel has to be like, I'm a people person. Because I don't know what everybody's role is. I like that Josh Matthews is a bad guy. I like Josh Matthews as a person. Everybody knows that, I think, by now. Um, I like that that they're reacting to the fact that he had there was something about him, he had a dislikability about him that the fans and the internet have turned on him. Like they don't like Josh Matthews, it's documented. So they're like, Okay, let's make him a bad guy, let's play on that and I like that. But at the same time, you know, when I'm watching a new tag team and I'm listening to Josh and Jeremy argue with each other the whole time, it's kinda like, What about, you know, Everybody else on the show, it's it's honestly similar to what was going on in WWE when Michael Cole had that run as a bad guy, where it became a, dis- a distraction from the show. It's like it became this thing that was so omnipresent because who was it? Remember when Taz? Remember when Taz was on on the podcast a few weeks ago, and I asked him about wrestling Jerry Lawler, and he said he liked wrestling Jerry Lawler because Jerry was on commentary, which meant. That his storyline with Jerry Lawler could be prevalent throughout the show because Jerry would sneak in his jabs. Well, when you have commentators, whether it's uh, uh, you know Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler, or whether it's Josh and Jeremy, and they're at odds, and they're both sitting at that commentary table, it becomes this thing that takes over the show. And those of us that are fans, like there was there was more attention paid to Jeremy versus Josh. Than to Bobby Lashley versus Alberto Del Rio. And 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 what where does EC3 fit into that? I think before we get to a place where the commentators can be fighting with each other, let Josh stay there. Before he starts fighting with people, we need to really establish what is going on in the ring. And if we're gonna introduce new talent, and if we're gonna bring in previously established talent, and start new storylines, somebody's got to be there to set it up. Because Josh does have credibility. And Josh is not a bad play-by-play guy. And, you know, if he's just sitting there just insulting Jeremy Borash the whole time, it makes it hard for me to take him seriously. Um, So that was one... And And then the other issue that I had with TNA was... So we know... The one thing that works about the Josh Matthews thing for me is that it's real life. And I like when there's that thing where, like, Josh Matthews works as a bad guy because fans really don't like him and they're enjoying not liking him. So he's doing his job effectively. But why not take that same philosophy and bring in the fact that that the exit that the Hardys have had from Impact Wrestling has not been pretty. Bring in the fact you don't have to literally say, hey, we're having a legal battle over who owns the idea of being broken. (laughs) Like, you know, maybe you don't need to get into the minutia of that. We're trying to claim ownership over Matt Hardy's funny voice and bleach for his hair. Oh, okay. So what if Matt Hardy just has a funny voice, but he's not broken, but it still sounds like that. No, he's got to sound a little different. Okay, a little different, but not a lot different. Well, he can't be broken. Well, what if he's not broken, but he's, like, worn out? I guess that's okay. I I don't see how you could win a lawsuit and own the broken character, especially since Matt Hardy is a performer. It's documented. Created it and did it in his house. And almost did it separately from the show. It felt separate from the show. It just doesn't seem like they're going to be able to maintain jurisdiction over that character. But the Hardys leaving Impact became this storyline which gives them credibility. Like, if I'm TNA, I'm going to make sure that on that first episode, or Impact Wrestling, I'm sorry. I'm going to make sure that on that first episode, I'm like totally running down the Hardys. You know, I want to make it seem like Decay, who I love by the way, is a team. I want to make it seem like Decay is such this strong force that they have just dismantled the Hardys. They have chased them away, and that anybody that takes the Hardys seriously right now is a joke. Like I need to watch Impact Wrestling, and I need to be made to feel like the fact that Ring of Honor would put their tag team titles on the Hardys is the stupidest thing you could do. Because right now, I'm like, oh cool, the Hardys are the Ring of Honor Tag Champions, I wanna see what's going on in Ring of Honor. And the broken storyline still maintains, because you're like, what? These guys got zapped in a time machine and they just lost the tag titles? To me, that's saying, okay, where did the Hardys land? And where did they land Ring of Honor? Well, I'm gonna follow them there, because this was one of the most interesting storylines on TV. Instead of just pulling back the curtain and being like, you know, Matt Hardy's old, Jeff Hardy's old, that's old news. Look at this new team. Look at this thing. You could talk however you want. Bring bring on remember when Bret Hart left WWE? They brought out a midget with a Bret Hart mask on him. Bring out a midget in a Matt Hardy coat. Do something. Something to humiliate them. And the same with Matt Bennett and Marina Maria, if they're not gonna be part of the company anymore, don't say, well, they had a mental breakdown and I don't know where they are because it's just like furthering the storyline and it creates curiosity as to where they are. This isn't 1993 when you could write someone off a storyline and if they showed up in WCW a month later, it was a totally different world. We have the internet. We have Twitter. We can find these people wherever they go. And if I'm watching TNA and getting reminded like, oh, yeah, what happened to Mike Bennett? What happened to the Hardys? I'm going to Google it and find out in two seconds. That's why Ring of Honor was smart to put the tag titles on the Hardys because it was it's such a big deal. If I'm watching Impact and I don't know any of this stuff that's going on, and I probably do because I've got the internet, I'm going to find out where the Hardys are. Oh, they have the tag team titles in this other promotion. So I just think they need to do a better job of, of you know, smashing the guys that leave and make it seem like Impact is the cool place to be. And figure out you know, who's the who's the on-screen power figure. Is it just a bunch of like guys who have worked in creative and wrestling that are all just kind of around? Well, okay. Well, then explain what the creative process is. Well, do do Dutch Mantel and Bruce Prichard get along? Do they have different points of view? Is I don't. There's just still missing a lot of thought. There's not that cohesive thing that's running through. Maybe it'll change as the weeks go on. But right now they still need a lot more of reinvention. I did speaking of Bruce Pritchard, I stopped by the Russell Pro Show in Rawway over the weekend where Bruce Pritchard was. Shout out to Kevin Matthews. Somebody tell him to listen to this because I just mentioned his name. Uh, but it was uh, I had a great conversation with Bruce Pritchard. What a great guy! Uh, and what a guy who's who's just happy in the place that he's at. I'm so happy for him, and I'm uh, I'm happy for all the success of his podcast. It was really fun getting to talk to him in person. I've been talking to him over the phone for a while now. And uh, to get to, you know, sit down and have a conversation with him. He's just a, he's a great dude. I'm about like him. I went to the uh, Madison Square Garden show as well uh, on Sunday. Uh, and, you know, it was really interesting because that was, first of all, a lot happened. AJ and Shane McMahon had a short confrontation. Uh, Bray Wyatt and John Cena had a match. Oscar uh, made a surprise appearance. I do wish that they would set up the old Madison Square Garden entrance when they do those house shows, but there's still, there's just something about going to a house show, a live event at Madison Square Garden. It's just so much fun. But I think the most newsworthy thing was the Kevin Owens versus Brock Lesnar match. And even though it was a squash, it was like Kevin Owens took three suplexes and an F5, and that was it for him. But... The fact that it took three suplexes and an F five, that's four moves, not two moves. And guess what Kevin Owens got before those four moves happened? Some offense. And he was effective. And I was watching it like why couldn't you have done a little bit of that? Just a little bit in the Goldberg match. Kevin Owens was able to he did his, his, his running flippy thing, you know when he when he when he runs into the corner and he and he like a sitting Swanton type cannonball flip bomb thing that he does. He did that. He pulled Brock Lesnar's shirt over his head and started punching him, and 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 it actually had an effect on Lesnar. He did a, a Swanton off the top rope, like all, and his he didn't win, but the damage he was inflicting had an effect on Brock Lesnar. And I just think a little bit of that goes a long way. And if they could have done a little bit more of that. With Goldberg, just 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 have Kevin Owens have some effect physically on Goldberg. Both people, I think, would be in a better place. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the how the fans react to Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. You know, it's still a big match. Uh, I think people will still chant Goldberg, but I do think Brock Lesnar is going to get cheers. I don't think, I don't think he's going to get uh, uh, booed. I think he'll get because I think. Goldberg's jumped the shark a little bit, but it's so crazy when you start running down what's going on at WrestleMania. So after this week, you know, the question that a lot of people have is, what do you think is going to close WrestleMania this year? And after this week, I really think Seth Rollins versus Triple H is going to be a one-on-one match that's going to happen. It's not going to be any tag team stuff. With Samoa Joe or Sami Zayn or Finn Balor or whatever it is, I think it's going to be a one-on-one match between Seth Rollins and Triple H, and I think it will close WrestleMania. The ending segment of Raw this week was magnificent. Everybody was awesome on it. Mick Foley was great on it, and he gets you know he gets some flack for some of the segments that he's in, uh, you know, more recently, but he was awesome. Awesome. And to see him finally—and I understand physically he's limited, so you have to uh, uh, skirt your expectations a little bit. But to see him finally be Nick Foley, hardcore legend, to see him finally turn around and whip that sock out of his sweatpants again one more time. And it had an effect on Triple H. It wasn't like this thing where he put the mandible claw on Triple H and Triple H just swatted him off and said, What are you doing, You idiot. It affected Triple H. The, the mandible claw was still a devastating move and it was so good to see. It was so good to be reminded that Mick Foley used to do this for a living. Mick Foley knows what he's doing. He can hurt somebody. You know, Mick Foley used to wear a mankind mask and live in a basement and hang out with rats all the time and smash his hammers while he, smash his fingers with a hammer while he played piano. That was Mick Foley. That was Mick Foley, and we caught a. He used to pull his hair out of his head in matches. That was Mick Foley. He gave Jr. a mandible claw because he didn't like his interview questions. That was Mick Foley. So to see that come out and not, you know, the whipping boy as much was so super cool, and 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 well done, and and it was a nice twist too. Because I, you know, I, I was looking at my Twitter as I tend to do, and I think we all were thinking. Mick Foley's going to fire himself. And when he fired Stephanie, it was like, yes! You didn't see it coming. Where is this going? Mick Foley's got balls. It was all these things. And then Mick Foley and Triple H are fighting. And you're like, where's this going? And Seth Rollins comes out. And, and it was just, I loved it. I loved every bit of it. Uh, I think there's, but, and some people said that was the only good part of Raw, and I disagree. I, I, I'm into The Undertaker, Roman Reigns' story. I thought it's it's always, you know, The Brock Lesnar-Paul Heyman promo was the Brock Lesnar-Paul Heyman promo and it works and it's not terribly different from what we've seen before but it it still works to me. Um, It was cool to see Shawn Michaels and, you know, another conversation that I was having with X-Pac while I was out in L.A. this week was we kind of both agree that the obsession over, like, an official heel turn, right? Like, from this day forward, Roman Reigns will be a bad guy. From now until the end of time, he will be known as a villain. Roman Reigns. As opposed to just taking that character, tweaking it a little bit, and doing some stuff that's kind of heelish. The stuff that Roman Reigns is doing now is stuff that we wanted. The stuff that he's doing now is like he's developing an edge. He's putting a chip on his shoulder. He's not being cheesy. He's doing heelish stuff. And he's representing that voice of people who don't want to see legends in the ring, that want to see today's superstars prospering. That's the story with Roman Reigns. The story with Roman Reigns is that he does not buy that The Undertaker just gets to have this as his yard for as long as The Undertaker wants. As far as Roman is concerned, it's... His yard. In Roman Reigns, in the character's mind, since he has dominated WWE, he has no reason to believe that The Undertaker is going to be able to come in and dominate him. And he shouldn't. You know, if, if it's 1999, and who at that point, and Randy Savage comes back to WWE, you think Stone Cold is going to be in awe of Randy Savage? No. He's going to flip him off. He's going to drop a stunner. And that's somewhat what Roman Reigns is doing in a different way, you know? And it's a different show now, and there's different uh, 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 things that they're trying to accomplish, but this is Roman being a kind of a dickhead. And people have wanted him to be kind of a dickhead for a long time. And it's, it's to me, it's working. It's It's real. It's not like... You know, this sort of goofy like oh now Roman Reigns is gonna give him a low blow and that way you'll know Oh he put on brass knuckles. That's on some only a heel puts on brass knuckles. Like it's something that 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 maybe have has a little more depth than that. That it's like Roman is unimpressed with The Undertaker. That's one of the most heelish things you can do, isn't it? Isn't isn't not respecting The Undertaker and just deciding that he runs this place, isn't that like one of the most villainous things you can do in the world of WWE? I would think so. And because of that, if he gets booed at WrestleMania, it makes sense. They've put Roman into this position where if he gets booed, it makes sense. Which is the whole reason you would want him to be a bad guy, because we're booing him anyway, so he should be a bad guy. Well, he's giving us reason to boo him. Because as much as everybody says, you know, we don't want the legends, we want the new guys, everybody, everybody loses their mind when The Undertaker comes out because he's the man. He's the coolest dude ever. So yeah, of course. Of course. But I like this story, man. I like this story. And it's not just, you know... In this story, The Undertaker called out Roman Reigns. In this story, The Undertaker challenged Roman Reigns to the WrestleMania match. Roman Reigns doesn't even care about The Undertaker. Roman Reigns didn't ask for the Undertaker WrestleMania match. The Undertaker looked at the WrestleMania sign before Roman Reigns did. The Undertaker's not coming. uh, Roman Reigns isn't coming out and being like, I have to prove something. I have to beat the best. Roman Reigns is coming out going, hey, Undertaker, why are you coming out when my music is playing? Hey, Undertaker, why are you stealing my TV time? Undertaker, what are you doing here? Nobody invited you. This is my ring. Go home. Roman isn't saying, let's fight at WrestleMania. He's saying, beat it. This is my time. And I don't know, that that to me is what Roman should be. That's who Roman should be. I think that's who Roman is as a character. That's the Roman Reigns that we should be looking at. And and I think he is coming out. Maybe it's not in, in such a direct, you know... Now I'm bad before. I was good. But there's a reason to boo, but there's also a reason to cheer, you know? And that might be where it gets confusing that you may say, well, if you're not on The Undertaker's side, you're a bad guy, and boo, I love The Undertaker. Or, eh, he's kind of right. I'm kind of ready to see somebody from this generation prosper. So I enjoy this story. And I think it's, I think it's, I think it's been cool. So, and, and, uh, Jericho versus Kevin Owens still has my attention as much as ever. Again, I mean, I think that this, this played out. So, so here's what we're looking at with WrestleMania. For the first time that I can remember, every match has real meaning. And there's a card full of one-on-one matches, which rarely happens. Right? You're talking about Triple H versus Seth Rollins, which as I said, I think, uh is my pick for closing the show. That's the match that I think is gonna happen, and that is my pick for closing the show. You've got Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg for the universal championship. And like, before we all lose our minds about this being for the universal title and Brock Lesnar's just gonna go away, what if Brock Lesnar loses it the next night on Raw? Keep in mind how the WWE calendar works. WrestleMania is the end of the year. The end. The Raw after WrestleMania is where we set everything up going forward for the year. WrestleMania is a climax. Raw after starts to bring everything forward. That's why it's so much fun. So... I'm interested. They're not just going to do the same thing over and over again. They never do. Well, they don't usually. Sometimes they do, but they don't usually. So one would have to think that something, whether it's Brock Lesnar retaining or so, or, or new, there, there has to be a new challenge for Brock Lesnar popping up the Monday after WrestleMania, 24 hours removed from WrestleMania. And that is a new story that's going to be told. To me, that sounds interesting. A lot can happen. And I I still love Brock Lesnar matches. I get excited when Brock Lesnar wrestles. So the idea that there's going to be a new challenger, whether it's Samoa Joe, whether it's Kevin Owens, whether it's Finn Balor, whether it's Roman Reigns, whether it's any of these people. Maybe not Roman Reigns because we already saw the match. But whether it's any of these people, Seth Rollins even, as a good guy, there's a lot of directions to go in with it, so I'm not I'm not too down on it. Um, of course, Roman Reigns versus The Undertaker, Chris Jericho versus Kevin Owens, which has the potential I think to be the show stealer. Uh, they set up the tag match. That's not one on one, but it's it's Carl uh, Anderson and Luke Gallows versus Enzo and Cass versus Sheamus and Cesaro. Uh, Austin Aries versus Neville. As I said last week that may be the most productive injury that's ever happened to anybody because now you've got a cruiserweight WrestleMania match that people actually care about. Then, over on the on the SmackDown side, uh, we should talk about the SmackDown show because it's been so good. And, you know, I wonder. I understand the criticism of the AJ style shane McMahon match. Don't get me wrong. I totally get it. In terms of just watching a match, seeing a great match, there are far better matches for AJ Styles. This will not be AJ Styles Shawn Michaels Undertaker moment. Not by a mile. But theoretically, AJ Styles will have a couple years left and in him. I understand he's he's already in his late thirties, but you know, the guy's in amazing shape. It doesn't it doesn't seem like he's on his last legs. It seems like he's hit he has hit his peak right now. And he's walking in I'm not going to complain about Bray Wyatt walking into WrestleMania as the WWE champion ever. 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 And I'm not sold on an AJ Styles Bray Wyatt match either. I just don't, you know, think that that's the match. You know, I don't know who... There's There's a ton of people. I think, you know, AJ Styles versus Undertaker could be cool. Uh, eventually, I'm sure we'll see an AJ Styles versus Finn Balor match. AJ Styles versus... I mean, AJ Styles could have a... AJ Styles had an amazing match with Randy Orton. That could be your WrestleMania main event. There's a lot of things you can do with AJ Styles. But the fact is that this Shane McMahon-AJ Styles story is really being told well. Like, you can't watch SmackDown and tell me that you're not interested in what's going on between Shane and AJ. And to me, if you've got a great story going into WrestleMania, it's a one-on-one match. It's not like AJ Styles is part of this clique that's beating up this other clique and blah, blah, blah. It is a specific problem between AJ and Shane McMahon. Now, even though AJ got fired, he is going to wrestle Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. So, I I just think that... The, Look, the dream would be for Daniel Bryan to come out of retirement and for him to have an AJ Styles match. That would be the dream, but that's not happening. So instead, you've got this match where Shane's going to give it his all. A lot of you heard the AJ Styles interview last week, and when he said that if he wrestled a broom, it would not be a good match, you guys disagreed and said it would be a good match. I think AJ can have a good match with Shane. Again, is it going to be his undertaker sean moment no but he can have a good match with shane um and i think that like like shane will do some kind of incredible stunt that looks cool and it'll be fine and aj will be part of a story that is remembered in wrestlemania he'll have an amazing spot on the show he'll have all this build-up going in People will care about his match, and it will be a WrestleMania match. That's what WrestleMania is. It's a show that's not really for, like, the exhibition-style great matches. It's about the stories. It's about the build-up. It's about the—and the, 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 and it, and it's like that more and more every year. So the fact that AJ Styles has this huge, high-profile match— like, a match between AJ Styles and Chris Jericho would be better— than a match between AJ Styles and Shane McMahon, of course, because Chris Jericho is one of the best of all time. But the story between AJ and Shane McMahon is better. Uh than the, than the AJ Jericho story was last year. And the 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 the, the attention that is going to be drawn to it. All the people who don't watch wrestling, that don't even know who AJ Styles is, they know who Shane McMahon is. They know—who's this AJ Styles guy that's wrestling Shane McMahon? That happens. I know it's hard to believe, but that happens. I think it's an amazing spot for AJ Styles. um. And and I, I, I'm happy about the attention that is being put on him. That's what I'm left with. Maybe I'm just being ever the optimist or shill, depending on what word you want to use. But I like the attention that's being put on AJ Styles. I like the fact— that he's being put in a match of this caliber. I don't need to say, you know, an AJ Styles-Austin Aries match would be incredible, but it would be on the pre-show. Sorry. It is what it is. An AJ Styles-Shane McMahon match is going to be on the t-shirt. You know what I mean? It's going to be one of the main events. It it to, As of now, the AJ Styles-Shane McMahon match has more gas in the tank than the Bray Wyatt... Rome, uh, uh, Bray Wyatt Randy Orton match, and the Bray Wyatt-Randy Orton match is going to be great, and it has been built up in a good way, and it was I, I enjoyed what they did this week but that, that the AJ jumping Shane McMahon and throwing him through the car, and he's bleeding on the cement and, and they're filming things in the gorilla position, which they never do and everything is real, but it's not real, but it is real like this is what wrestling is this is WWE this is what we want, that's storytelling so I'm excited about AJ versus Shane, and I'll, I'll, I'm, I think I'll continue to be. Because the story keeps being told right. Some people were uh, surprised at the turn that Bray Wyatt took on SmackDown in terms of really being more blatantly kind of satanic. And I'm not. It's what I talked about. When it first happened, when Bray Wyatt first burned down, got his house burned down, Like, it's a fine line to walk between a scary monster and a guy who still buys clothes at Hot Topic. You know what I mean? And when you're doing that character, boy, is it a fine line. Because you start drifting towards the Hot Topic string of things, and you're screwed. There's nothing you can do. Because you're not going to be taken seriously. It's like, oh, is somebody looking for attention? Is this a cry for help? No. You're going to be crying for help. Yeah, right, okay. I need to believe that. And I do believe it. Uh, when Bray starts getting darker, Bray needs to get darker. He needs to get as dark as humanly possible. I hope he beats Randy Orton. I want to see like like Bray Wyatt needs to be downright demonic at this point, because his character hasn't been taken seriously for so long. I need to know why I'm afraid of Bray Wyatt again. Remind me why I'm afraid of Bray Wyatt. And I think they're 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 going to do that. So I don't mind I don't mind the the satanic undertones. I don't mind anything in wrestling, you know, I'm not, but but I don't, I don't, I don't mind it at all, um, oh, and there's, 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 the the questions that I have, and of course, I mean, I don't even need to tell you how good the John Cena, Nikki Bella, Maurice Miz stuff is, I don't even need to tell you, um, it's funny having a two-man booth on SmackDown, wasn't it, it's like half the family didn't show up to the reunion, like the table, and the table looks so big all of a sudden. It's not like a Last Supper crew there to call a, a, a show. Um, <laughs> you know, it, the, the questions that remain about WrestleMania are interesting. Uh, what are they, and of you know, and and, and, and Alexa Bliss defending the, I, I saw somebody at the Garden who's yelling at me about not talking about Alexa Bliss enough on the podcast. But Alexa Bliss uh, defending the SmackDown women's title against everybody is interesting. And we'll talk more about the Triple Threat match next week with Charlotte. Sasha and Bayley um, But there's some interesting questions We don't have anything concrete About what's going on between Dean Ambrose and Baron Corbin Is that going to be a match at Wrestlemania We don't know Is is Samoa Joe and Sami Zayn Is that going to be a match at Wrestlemania There's a lot of matches going on on this show what is, What's in store for the Alpha Do the American Alpha Do they defend their titles on Wrestlemania And where does Braun Strowman Fall into any of this A lot of questions uh, are going to be answered, and I think that we'll be a little more clear on stuff probably next week. I mean, it's two weeks away. Two weeks away. I'm excited about it. It's really sneaking up. Hey, thank you all for listening to the podcast this week. Thanks to Pete Gass again. Don't forget to buy his book and tweet him and let him know uh, how much he loved the interview. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a rating. Do the whole deal. Anything that you would do to support any other podcast, do it for our podcast. All right? We'll see you next week here on Sam Roberts' Wrestling Podcast. Toodles.
1: Thanks for listening. listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts' Wrestling Podcast.